Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and let's let's just start right away with yeah, with the title of the show, the Expat Cast. Expat is already a very divisive word because historically expat is a term for people who are living abroad that are white and privileged and often North American. Whereas other people, people of color, people from non-North American countries would be considered immigrants or foreigners. This is something I was aware of when I named the show The Expat Cast. And my take has kind of been my understanding of that word initially was that it was just for anyone who was living abroad for an undefined period of time, whereas an immigrant is a more set identity in terms of you left one country and you are staying in the new one, becoming a citizen, etc. So in that sense, expat just meant anyone who was a little more uncertain might move again, but also wasn't like a digital nomad or someone who's just traveling. Like they really do live there. They're just not really sure how long they'll be there or how permanent that move is. And I decided that in calling the show The Expat Cast, it would be to sort of attempt to broaden people's understanding of that term or support maybe that definition that I'd understood it as initially. Um, And what I mean by that is that I would be featuring people on the show who aren't just white, privileged North Americans living in Europe, but rather a broader spectrum of people and experiences. And they're all expats. Also, I don't just interview expats. I do also interview immigrants. And so for me, it was all a little bit fluid and at the same time making, I guess, a bit of a statement in, in my own small way. But over the years of doing this show, I've definitely come to realize that it's really impossible for me to adequately represent all of the identities in the world in my little podcast. So I instead shifted to focusing on experiences or emotions that are pretty universal to people with a more complicated geographical history. And then when I do get more specific geographically, it's become focused on the German-speaking world. So people in Germany, Austria, or Switzerland, people who left those places. And yeah, sometimes I go beyond the German-speaking world, but that also tends to be North American and European. And another element to this is that this whole show is hosted by me. I'm a white U.S. American from a middle-class background. I moved from the U.S. to Germany by choice. Although my story is definitely relatable to a lot of people, especially in the struggles that I've shared along the way, it's also a pretty basic story. There weren't so many big challenges. I mean, there were in the sense that moving from any country to another is full of challenges and strife. But at the end of the day, I had a lot working for me. And with that in mind, I, I tried to share enough about my life that I'm also being vulnerable and open and authentic because that's something I asked of my guests. But I try not to steal the spotlight. I really am here to highlight other people and their experiences. So this is all to say, sometimes I get really uncomfortable (laughs) about being U.S. American and, and really talking about that and forcing the attention on that identity for a little bit because of all of these reasons and all of these concerns and all the ways I'm trying to be thoughtful and I'm trying to do well by others and and also just my own insecurities. But This episode, I try to put that all aside and just be who I am. (laughs) I do feel like being from the United States in the year of 2020 and now 2021 
is a very specific experience that's pretty different than experiences that other Americans abroad have had in the past. Specifically, I'm thinking about all of the political strife that's gone on since about summer 2020. Of course, there's the pandemic and the U.S.'s terrible handling of the pandemic, which is ongoing since the beginning of the last year. And then on top of that, last summer, there were the Black Lives Matter protests. There was the lead up to the presidential election. Then in the fall, there was the election. And now we're in January 2021 and inauguration is days away. And just a couple days ago, a violent mob stormed the Capitol building under the encouragement of President Trump and they staged an insurrection. So there's been a lot going on back in my home country and it's been a lot to process, though we are by no means the only country who has big political things to grapple with and this is by no means the only time in American history that big things like this have happened. I've definitely felt really overwhelmed by all of this since last summer and I'm a pretty politically um, active person. I follow the news very diligently. I have a lot of discussions with friends about it. But now going through all this in Germany while it's all happening in the United States has added an additional level of, well, what the heck do I do? What the heck can I do? And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I, I have taken the opportunity in the past to use this platform to try to talk more about these issues. So things like doing episodes about race, hosting events around Freiburg about race, and highlighting resources on the show for how to vote from abroad and encouraging people to vote from abroad, etc. So I, I definitely feel like I've been active and I've been doing what I can, but at the same time, I emotionally, mentally still haven't really caught up to what all has been happening. However, one big moment that helped me move along in that process was a conversation with a friend of mine named Tara. Tara is from Iran and shared with me over the last summer and the last fall how how she's been there before. You know, her country has also had a lot of political turmoil and a lot of things to worry about. And she's experienced what it's like to go through those moments from far, far away. So Tara and I got into a really helpful conversation about this back in late summer, early fall, and she was kind enough to come onto the podcast and record a continuation, an expansion of that conversation on the podcast. Now, that was, as said, in October before the elections happened. And as I mentioned in this intro, a lot has happened since then. I honestly, (laughs) I had this episode recorded and was sitting here thinking, oh, I don't know when I'll air it because things have sort of died down since the election. Things are a bit calmer. I mean, they're not normal, they're not okay, but nothing's burning. Oh, well, no worries. Things are now burning. Um, Everything in the States is quite a mess. And so I know I promised a different episode in my teaser at the end of last week's episode. I went ahead and bumped that to put this one in there because it is just exactly what I need it to revisit at this moment. And I'm really hoping that it does the same for you. So thanks for holding on through this long intro. I just wanted to contextualize a little bit because, yeah, I, I just I, I do feel weird going into this conversation and I do want to acknowledge from the get-go all of my privilege and all of the U.S.-centeredness of this conversation. And, and hopefully I and Tara have been able to create something that will help you out in this bizarro time. So enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Tara. I'm currently living in Freiburg, Germany. I come from Iran. I'm from 
the city Tehran or Tehran as you <laughs> some people <laughs> <laughs> want to pronounce it uh, it's always difficult to uh, pronounce things at, like if I want to pronounce it in Farsi it's something else and if I want to pronounce it in English it sounds funny I don't know <laughs> Um, so yeah, anyways, I come from Tehran and I've been living in Freiburg for the past six years, I guess. Our topic today is really timely for me. I'm lucky enough to have encountered you in Freiburg and we are friends. And one of these days we we're, I think we we're sitting on your balcony. You were asking me how I was doing and it was summer 2020. I was feeling really overwhelmed and just kind of like having whiplash from the political situation in the United States. So you know, coronavirus is everywhere on the planet at this point. In the U.S. that summer, the Black Lives Matter protests were really active and there was a lot of police violence happening. There was a lot of political responses to the protests happening. And also a really big presidential election was looming. And I just was starting to have this feeling like uh, it's just so much to deal with. And, and at the same time, I'm having this feeling that whenever I'm allowed to go back to the U.S., I don't know when that's going to be. It's just not going to be what it was when I left. And I can feel this country that I'm from changing. And it's scary. And I don't know how to cope with it. And so I told you all this. And you had some really insightful things to say. And I'm really excited to have that conversation and continue that conversation today. Yeah. So what I recall from this conversation that that made me want to have this on air (laughs) is you were saying something along the lines of that you really could understand what I was talking about because being from Iran, there's a lot of political stuff happening there as well. You've had to go through similar things. And the way you spoke about it gave me this feeling like you're my like older cousin or older sister, you know, like that person who's gone through similar things as you, but is just enough older than you that they know things that you haven't yet learned. And so (laughs) kind of gave a little overview there of my experience of being from the States and what the summer and the season has has changed for me. And now I want to hear from you. When you when you left Iran, what was your relationship to country? And take us up to today. Have have things changed? How are you feeling about Iran now? Well, I don't know if I if I could be as helpful as a big sister at this point or not. But uh, yes, I have to admit that I've also gone through a lot of ups and downs, both politically, culturally and socially about like whatever it was, that was happening back home. So I'm not super new to this business. <laughs> I've had this uh, challenge, I think, my whole life as an Iranian. My relationship with Iran was always a problematic relationship, I have to admit. Uh, and I know that so many Iranians are in the same place. Before I came here, of course, I never liked whatever that was happening there. I didn't engage in so many things. So I was I think way too critical of the whole country and people and the culture and of course political issues are always a thing there. Let me put that aside for this moment because it's a very com- complex relationship that every Iranian has has with the politics because I don't know how, how much people know about it but most Iranian people are not that involved or they don't have a role in the in, in the political sphere of the country because of the lack of democracy there let's put it that way um almost everybody's angry all the time about what's happening and people are usually helpless because they cannot do anything about it so i was not happy and that's why i left and then when i got to freiburg i think it changed a lot for me i think it gave me a perspective first because uh i haven't lived any i hadn't lived anywhere before except for tehran and it showed me that 
I was too critical of everything that was happening. I mean, after I lived here, I realized that people as people have more things in common rather than their differences, I would say. And I never knew that. I always thought that, hey, you people are different and I don't like you and so on. But when I got here, I'm like, oh, yeah, basically everybody's almost the same like we have so much in common no matter where we come from and and it's always very interesting to talk to my friends about these similarities between cultures and yes living here gave me a different perspective and I started to appreciate some Iranian things more like uh, I, I got more interested in um, Iranian literature Iranian music Iranian cinema and art and the things that I never I was never listening to Iranian music when I was back home though it's Pretty decent, I have to admit. <laughs> I was always busy listening to stuff that are not produced in Iran, let's say. And it's a typical cultural thing back in Iran that everybody is much more interested in what's happening outside or quote-unquote in the West. I mean, everybody only watches Hollywood movies and they listen to American pop songs. Or so American pop culture is a big thing all over the world, including <laughs> Iran. So living here gave me this feeling that Oh, those things that I never appreciated are actually nice enough. I started liking them more. So I also had a feeling of guilt. I regretted that I didn't appreciate them before. But my whole relationship with Iran is a bumpy road. It always has ups and downs and it's constantly changing. Like there are certain things like I listen to the news or I read comments on the internet and I'm like oh no you didn't say that or <laughs> I get ashamed or again specifically about cultural and social things not not political things because <laughs> that's another story I get ashamed I get angry I get very critical and all these things and there are days that I'm like no like I appreciate this music or like I appreciate certain things about this culture well okay I know you put all the political stuff in a box but I kind of want to poke at that box or maybe peek into it for a minute. We don't have to talk about the detailed history of the last 50 years of 70 years of Iranian politics. We don't have to talk about your opinions or anything like that. But I, I'm going to give you my understanding of some broad overview strokes. And then you can tell me where I'm wrong, because I definitely have in some points. Go for it. So there's the revolution in 70? 79. 79, right. Correct. Okay. There's this big revolution in Iran in 79. A lot of things changed then and in the years surrounding. But you were not on the earth at that point. <laughs> no. Born a little bit later. And then you grew up in one form of Iran. But my understanding is that there's been another shift that's been happening, maybe not in the same clear cut way that the revolution in 79 was, but things have been shifting again in the last handful of years. Tell me, tell me how that sounds. <laughs> um, it's pretty much correct, whatever you said. The only part that I have to talk more about is that um, it's not only the past couple of years that things have started to change. I mean, a revolution is just a big thing for every society. So even afterwards, nothing came back to quote-unquote normal and every couple of years there was something happening and of course with an oppressive regime everything gets silenced and suppressed or repressed yeah. <laughs> repressed is, is a better word I guess and then uh, every couple of uh, years then it um, comes back up again and of course the most recent thing was an economical uh, I mean the whole country is struggling economically and um, yeah, there were many protests because of that on the street. So it's uh, it has different dimensions. Um, 
political freedom, um, economical issues. Okay. Yeah, but it's an it's been an ongoing struggle. It's not new to my generation, or I mean, it's been going on for a long, long time. One thing that I noticed when we were talking about this, me coming from the United States and from a middle class background and a lot of privilege and naivety, I didn't grow up thinking that my country had a long history of change. I grew up feeling very protected and like things were so solid. Um, And so for me, this feeling like things are struggling is more in the last five years, four years, if I can be so specific, where it really slapped me in the face of like, oh no, it's... I knew there were problems, but I didn't know that we were addressing them, acknowledging them. And then all the, it's been really sudden and recent that it's like, okay, something's happening. And for you, it's like you've grown up with this awareness that things are, are not steady and stable. Like the country that you knew was the form it had taken in the last couple decades, not over a century or two. So I, I don't know to what extent that prepares one better for these shifting relationships to one's home country. But I'm curious, the most recent sort of wave of struggles, which ironically, I think have, uh, at least on the foreign side, have a lot to do with my country. Sorry about all this. Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But um, let me just point point this out quickly. Um, I find it very wrong that we have to sit here and apologize for the wrongdoings of our governments, um, whereas we didn't directly have anything to do with that. And I think it's it's not necessary for us to do that I, I used to do that a lot I used to apologize to whomever I, uh, I met that hey I'm Tara I'm from Iran I'm sorry that I'm from Iran and because of a lot of awful things that, that were uh, that was happening not, I mean not necessarily outside of Iran but inside of Iran and what people heard on the news but um, now after six years of living here I'm honestly tired of that and uh, I believe that nobody has to say sorry about stuff that their government is doing just just to clear that out, you really you do not have to apologize just because you're an American and just because you don't necessarily agree with current president or who whoever is in charge of the country. Yes. Yeah, well, see, this is already an area where I just need to sit and take those words in and, and learn from you because I do have this feeling all of a sudden like I need to be apologizing for my country. And I, I didn't live abroad pre-Trump. I know there were issues in international relations long before him. But especially in Germany, there's this general understanding, especially post-World War II and a lot of the people who grew up in that immediate generation following the Second World War, really positive opinions about America. And like you're saying, American culture is so big in Iran, it's it's big all over the world. And because of this, there was sort of this expectation or understanding that being like, oh, I'm, I'm from the United States, I'm American, people are like, oh, cool, I know this and that. And we're raised as Americans to believe that everyone's really thankful for us and that we're really great and I think I mean I think I I don't I think I took that with a grain of salt I don't think I really believed that but that is what I was taught and so it's more recent that I'm noticing even my friends back home starting to apologize on behalf of the country because yeah we're I think we've had plenty to apologize for the whole darn time but now it's really feeling necessary but then to hear what you're saying which I think you're really right like I don't it feels I don't think I can evaluate right now given what my country is doing to itself and the world, like, I don't think I I can confidently be like, yeah, you're right. I don't need to apologize. But like, I I hear what you're saying. And I think you have a good point because I say that about the Germans, right? Like the 
people who were born this decade have so little to do with the world war but the second world war and the holocaust but they're going to grow up apologizing for it you know what i mean and i have my thoughts and opinions about that but i i can't apply that to myself yet but it's really interesting to hear you say that i think apology could bring people together and it's a good start for dialogue but it's not necessarily the cure i believe that if we can change something like if you're if you're not satisfied with something then we should go ahead and try to change it and if not if it's out of our hands and if we cannot do anything about it then uh, what is the point of apologizing for it you know i mean i know that you didn't that you don't necessarily agree with all the american policies and i appreciated that you apologize but at the same time i think if you have the power to change things which you do i think to some extent then go ahead and do it and if it's to the point that it's out of your hand uh, if, if you've tried your best if you've done uh, whatever that you could then that's it i mean you there's no need to apologize for it on behalf of people who had another idea about a certain situation well so this all came up because i was trying to bring it back to the more recent recent within your lifetime <laughs> changes in iran and if you could maybe tell us about a couple moments or broad strokes changes that you're observing in your home country and what your relationship with those events has been where should i begin nicole <laughs> <laughs> there uh <laughs> there were many actually in the past couple of years ever since i moved here um i don't even remember there were too many i mean political things inside the country internal political complications are always a thing foreign policy it's another issue like the chaos with the u.s is always a constant i mean it, it always happens but recently got worse I mean, there, there's also the issue of natural disasters. I mean, generally in Iran, there are a lot of earthquakes. And recently there have been many floods. Many people died. I mean, economical uh, problems, pandemic and all these things. I mean, it just happens every day. Yeah. <laughs> so it barely happens that I read the news and I'm like, oh, it's a sunny day back home. And I'm happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always super difficult. How I dealt with it. I have no idea. I had many strategies. I one thing I could tell you is, which is wrong, is uh, to repress it. I've <laughs> I've suppressed my feelings and emotions a lot, and I had to pay the price <laughs> at some point because I tend to ignore them or I tend to not think about them. It's I think it's survival mechanism. Like I read so many bad things on the news, and I just close it, and I think I have to go on and go on. But it's not good. <laughs> That's my tip for you. Do not suppress your feelings. Always talk about it. For me, my I had a mishmash of feelings and emotions whenever something happened. From being sad, of course, um, I got angry. I got frustrated. You name it, I experienced it. But then again, as I said, suppressing it didn't help me much. <laughs> and one thing that I would suggest was to talk about it with my expat friends. Because... I think we're more or less in the same situation. We're all not at home. We experience things secondhand. We only read it, read about it in the news. We're emotionally attached to that place and we all get affected and we all get concerned the same way. And sharing and talking about it is just, I think, the best way to deal with it. Like, I do share my feelings with my friends back home, but it's not the same thing because... I sometimes have this guilty uh, feelings that, oh, I left and I left them alone. So I shouldn't be talking about it to them, with them. And maybe they think that, oh, she has it good in the 
green ecological uh, city. <laughs> I, I don't know even how to describe right? <laughs> in this tiny utopia that she's living in. I mean, I still talk about it, but because we're in different situations geographically, it gets a bit more difficult and it's sometimes mixed with guilt that I feel like, oh, I left them. Or they might feel like, oh, she's a traitor. She left and she's still, uh, how dare you say you're sad about it? If you wanted, uh, you should have stayed. Yeah, it's interesting with stuff like that, how sometimes it could be the case that no one has ever thought or said those things to you but you still have it in your head somewhere, right? Because I, I think I, I hear you say that and I'm like, yeah, I totally know what you're saying. And then I go through the catalog of people I've talked to about stuff like this who are in my home country. And I'm like, I don't think anyone's ever tried to make me feel that way or express that they feel that way. But I feel it to myself and it can kind of block me off. And then sometimes it's, yeah, it's also just hard. You're in different situations. Like there is obviously a difference between going through a big political or, or cultural moment in the place it's happening versus from far, far away. And that disconnect is really confusing. And I think my, my people back home, they're having a different experience of it. They're in it, you know? And my friends here who are German, they're hearing about these things secondhand. It's, it's not that connected to them. You know, someone did tell me recently, oh, with everything happening in the U.S., it must be hard for you. When we started talking about it, they said, well, you know, it's it's impacting Germany too. Like Germany used, the, I, I think this person's viewpoint was like, you know, basically the U.S. Um, was a shield in many ways for Germany. And they always kind of just relied on this bigger, more militaristic country for certain things. And they have to lose that now and they're like that's hard for us too that has effects on us too and I was like yeah that's totally true and it was a good conversation it got me thinking but it didn't satisfy my need to talk about it because I was like yes but that's it for you it's a political philosophical change this is affecting the day-to-day -day life of people I love and I, I can't just not look at it you know some people's coping method is to just cut themselves off from the news but it's not just news. Like when there were Black Lives Matter protests happening and police violence against those protests, I had friends that were at those protests and they were there. Can't just ignore it, even if I want it to, because it's there. And then second off, I, I care. Like even if I don't know a single person at those protests, I care and I, I feel this connection. I, I am still engaged. So <sighs> yeah, I think talking <laughs> about it seems like good advice. Talking about it specifically with expat friends exactly what you just described is exactly how i feel i was just nodding uh, all along i sometimes find myself in this peaceful atmosphere whereas i just read something horrible on the news and i like my head is just exploding but at the same time everything is very calm and peaceful here people are happy they are going to the market children are playing and so on so it's really um sometimes difficult for me to reconcile these two realities uh I feel like I'm between two worlds, uh, which is a typical immigrant situation. I get to benefit from the city or the country that I'm living in. But at the same time, I'm torn between two places. I can never cut my ties to the country that I come from, even though I might not necessarily like it or I might be critical of it. There is no off button. You cannot just ignore it and be like, no, I'm in Germany now. I'm in Freiburg. That's all over now. You're constantly in this uh like you always have to go go back and forth on this 
bridge between these two uh, places. And it's, it's really, as I said, it's very difficult to reconcile these two realities sometimes. Sometimes it's really nice, right? Like I remember there was a day a little bit ago where I was just overwhelmed. So now that we're re recording this, it's October. Trump just had COVID. He, he still has it, but they're just pretending he doesn't. But maybe not because there's lies and it's all a lot. There's all of the debates, the elections just around the corner. So everything's really turned up right now, right? And I was so grateful the other day to go to work where I'm not going to say no one knows or cares, but I'm not living in that reality. I'm, I'm living in my German reality, which is it's a totally different world. Like you were saying, it's the other world that I'm between. And it was nice to just go cross the bridge and then step foot onto the land for just a minute and put it all behind me for just a minute. And then it kind of gave me the mental break to come back when I when I left land and went back on the bridge and was stuck back in between. I was like, okay, I coped like I can cope a little bit better now. On the other hand, there's other days where I have to do that. The reality of my life demands that. And I feel like I can't. I feel like my concentration's not all there because in the back of my head, I'm thinking what's happening. You know, I'm refreshing the news website because I'm convinced someone's gonna die or get killed at any moment and and I've not been wrong like you know that's happened recently so yeah I mean it's uh it can be a blessing can be a curse exactly I think something we all have to remember is that yeah we all experience different realities we all come from different places but we're here and we're together now and it's important to share what's happening it's important to share how you feel um even though i might not necessarily understand you as an iranian like we have a lot of similarities we speak uh same language at this point <laughs> and um Two of them. I <laughs> <laughs> and i mean we're, we're friends and it's important even though we, have, we come from uh, two different places and we have different experiences to some extent, it's always important to share what's going on in our minds because that's what language is there for. That's what brings people together. And as you said, German people come to you and tell you that, oh, too bad that this is happening in the US because the US was this and that for Germany. It shows that we are all connected one way or another in good ways or bad ways. COVID showed that to us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever result that comes out of the election in the US would affect Iranian people like 100% way more than how it's going to affect uh, the German people. So no matter where we come from, we're all in this. <laughs> it's a struggle all around the world. So it's important to share it and it's important to share these different realities and these um, different worlds. I think it, it helps us, it unites us, it, we can progress together, I think. Your pain is my pain and vice versa, I would say. We as expats need to put our pride aside and don't think always that, oh, nobody understands me in Germany because they have it good here or because they haven't experienced the same things. It is still, I believe, important to share. <laughs> So that other people know what you're experiencing or what's going on in the world. Sometimes I feel like I'm not the proud American. I'm the self-conscious American. And because America has such a presence internationally in pop culture, in politics and all of it, it's just so dominant. My personal reaction to that is sometimes to try to even out the balance by not coming in with that full American energy. Like I was saying at the top, it's kind of uncomfortable for me today to keep coming back to my American identity and keep asserting myself into the conversation. But um, I'm trying to practice that sometimes that's okay. And just because my country has had this position as this world power, <laughs> me not talking about my experience of this 
isn't fixing that. And like, also that word fixing, like, is that something to be fixed? That's a whole nother conversation. Like, instead of getting lost into hyper analyzing every word that I say and the implications it has on the world, because I, yeah, I really do that a lot. I'm trying to get a little bit better about just being like, exhale. And it is what it is. The US situation does matter to the world. And I, it matters to me as a person and people who I encounter, people in my life, they love me or like me or tolerate me. <laughs> and in all of those situations, that must include being able to, to talk about this kind of stuff. So this idea that you're saying of like, bring it up and, and let let yourself talk about it. It's, it's hard because of this reverse engineering I'm trying to do on behalf of the country, which makes no sense. But I'm going to, I'm trying. Um, and I'm curious what it's like for you. I don't, with U.S. politics and U.S. news, it's going to be in the German papers and it's going to be in many other papers beyond that, right? Like a lot of this stuff is covered internationally and a lot of people who follow the current events know something about the U.S., but I don't know that that's true for Iran. You know, I think maybe certain people, if they have a special interest or connection, they would be. But the general populace isn't always up to date on what's going on there. So what's that like for you? Like, have there been moments when there's something going on back home and no one here even knows? I think it's too much for people generally in the world to keep up with what whatever that's going on around the world. As responsible citizens, of course, we have to inform ourselves about what's happening in the world. And I don't necessarily think that what's happening in the U.S. is more important than what's happening in, I don't know, France or Kenya or Iraq or Iran. I don't know. Like, I don't have hierarchies in terms of countries. So I think it would be good if we all start informing ourselves about different countries. But it's also an idealistic thing to do to for me to expect everyone to follow what's happening in Iran or for me to expect everyone to know about Iran. I think I would like my friends to know more. I would like for Americans, for example, to know because there's been this ongoing struggle or tension between Iran and the US. And I think in order to unite us together, like as two different nations, it's important for both parties to know more about each other and to filter out the wrong news or the bad news or the biased news. In that specific sense, it's important for me. Uh, but I don't necessarily, for example, in, expect every German person to know what's happening in Iran. And to uh, go back to, uh, to the relationship between Iran and the US, I don't, do not expect uh, the Americans to know whatever that's happening in Iran. Just a general knowledge I meant, just because of the history of these two countries. It can be a bit upsetting sometimes that some of my friends don't know about the biggest things, for example, but it hasn't happened that often that, I don't know, a random German friend didn't know that there are protests in Iran. Yeah, so then it's for you, it kind of comes back to the personal level of the people who are in your life and you're connected with, you would like them to also have this connection or some some working knowledge of stuff going on back back home exactly yeah yeah Yeah, and I think it's something that I'm really experiencing on a different level too like before I really felt like any of this stuff had happened to me when you read about turmoil or struggles in other countries I I just didn't have a personal frame of reference for what that was like you know and I suppose in a lot of ways I still don't because everything that's happening in the the states is happening in the states and I'm in Germany when it's happening so I in that sense I don't really have that context still but I, I have a better understanding now and I imagine it's sort of similar for some German people, too, where they might not have had firsthand experience 
you know, especially the younger people haven't really had firsthand experience of something like that happening in their country. Yes, they've had struggles and I'm not trying to minimize that at all, but they haven't sort of crossed a certain threshold that I'm experiencing that you've said you've been experiencing. And, and I wonder too, sometimes it's like, it's just a little harder to understand. And I think I didn't, I don't think I got that before now that I'm feeling it. When I do read stories of this and that happening in whatever country, it it hits differently. And I, I have a different context. And in, in that sense, I'm grateful to have it because it makes me feel more, like I can understand more. Yeah, it, it's a very positive thing that you just said. I mean, it's super difficult. And I guess I know how it feels. But as you said, you're more concerned about the well-being of everyone else now. And because you yourself have experienced some things, I mean, these bad experiences have brought you closer to other people somehow. And It's not about the nationalities anymore. It's just beyond any borders. And this sort of pain connects, can connect people together without considering where they are from. I mean, it's, it's a bad experience, but to some extent, uh, we could be grateful about it. Yeah, I mean, those are the things that you learn the most from, right, is the, the bad. I, I'd want it to, to end this conversation with being like, so what can can we give forward as advice or ideas for, for listeners to keep in mind? But I mean, I feel like that's so hard to say, first off. And second off, I feel like what you're saying right now is the closest that I can imagine coming to really like concrete advice is just like try to let this pain be something that broadens your ability to connect and to understand. Well, you gave me so many tips. I have like a mental list of all the things that I'm like, Tara Did said. I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about, I mean, uh, first off, for me, even acknowledging, like I was so self-conscious to like admit that that's what was stressing me out this first day when this conversation came up. But to have you validate that was already a, f a huge thing for me. And then to be like, oh, and in addition to it being a real thing, it's also a real thing that needs to be talked about. And it's a real thing that needs to be talked about with certain people and in certain contexts. And yeah, I don't know. I, I found you to be very instructive today. <laughs> is there anything is there anything else that you had thought about leading up to this conversation that you wanted to include? And I wanted to say something along those lines that, I mean, we're all struggling in this world. Corona, economical situation, and yeah, it's it's an ongoing struggle. What makes a difference is how, how you engage with it and how you, I mean, of course, it makes us upset, it makes us frustrated, and at some points we feel like we don't have any energy to move on. But it's important to get back up again in the game, uh, because without our efforts super cheesy but i really believe it <laughs> i mean of course we're upset but if it's in our hands if we can do something about it then we it's our responsibility not as americans or iranians but as citizens of the world to do something to make the whole world a little bit more tolerable for other people no matter where they come from so this this is a circular moment to what you said earlier when you were like you don't need to apologize for things you have no control over What you do have control over, you can go ahead and work on changing it. But what you don't, you don't need to apologize for. And earlier, we were talking about it more in that the second half, you don't need to apologize. But I think it's wonderful that you bring it back to the front half. Is And some stuff is in your hands. Some stuff you can change. So do. <laughs> yeah, let, let this sadness be a source of uh, empowerment. Yeah, and if we can change some things, let's get it started. Let's change some things together if we can do it. We are all, every single one of us is responsible for what's happening in the world. And we really need to inform our, ourselves more. We really need to think more about these things. 
not necessarily only with our own community. We need to get in dialogue about certain things with everyone who's around us and try to make it better. Well... On that note, we're going to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It is a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you have to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Uh, I think so. Bring it on, Nicole. <laughs> Number one, what is your favorite kind of music to listen to live? Ooh, um, Fado. It's a Portuguese style of music, if I can put it that way. If you could wave a magic wand and then a meal would appear before you, hot and ready to go, what meal would you magic into existence right now? Ooh, um, Iranian kebab <laughs> with rice, saffron rice. What is one TV show that is getting you through these colder months? Um, I watch a lot of random stuff on YouTube recently. And John Oliver is, for example, a show that I've always been a big fan of. It's once a week, but it lightens up my day. <laughs> nice. Very good. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me, truly. And, and thanks for letting me record it and share it with other people, because I wanted to talk through this with you no matter what. But it's really special that I get to share this with more people. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here, Nicole. It was a pleasure. Thank you one more time to Tara for coming onto the show and having that conversation with us. I definitely learned a lot from you, Tara, and I really appreciate being able to share your wise words with my wider community here on the podcast. Now, in case anyone recognizes Tara, she is the same person who runs Uber den Tellerrand Freiburg, which is the organization that we fundraised for the Psychopodfo. If you want to hear more from that organization, you can double back to the charity challenge that we ran over December 2020. If you don't already, you can go ahead and subscribe to the show and follow the ExpatCast on Instagram and on Twitter. Both are at the ExpatCast, and you can visit us online at theexpatcast.com. Still pretty proud of that brand new website, so please go give it some love. You can even leave a review for the podcast directly on the site. It's never been easier to leave a rating and a review. I want to thank, as always, Amy Lungi Art for the logo and to Side Hug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next week, I am going to bring you that interview that I promised last week with the author, Adam Fletcher. Until then, have a wonderful week, a safe week. Stay healthy, both physically and mentally. I'll be here next Thursday. Bis dann. Tschüss.